Welcome to Nine Zeros. If you're ready for interviews with top fitness professionals and entrepreneurs, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Zandra, owner of Mystic Fitness LLC. Let's get started. So today we are joined by Natalia, and she's going to be sharing her story with Nine Zeros. So to start off, I'm just going to have some icebreaker questions for you. So what is your morning routine? Yes. Um, first of all, thank you for having me here today. And I'm happy to share everything that I've been through in the last few months, especially with the pandemic uh, going on. Uh, my morning routine is really simple. I wake up first thing in the morning and have coffee with heavy cream. I put a little bit of monk fruit, which is a substitute to sugar. And I just sip on that for maybe like 20, 30 minutes. Um, usually I do either a yoga set or workout after that. And when I complete that, I will do 15 minutes of prayer. And it's just what gets my mind going in the morning, sets my mind to go in the right track and empowers me the most. So I like my morning routine to start with a little bit of coffee, some mindfulness or exercise and prayer. I love the coffee part. <laughs> um, and it sounds like a very relaxing and kind of gets your intentions ready for the day. So that's great. And then what is your favorite snack at the moment? I have two of us thinking about this question. I have two. If we were to go with a sweet snack, what I've been doing is cashews with dark chocolate. I like the dark chocolate to be 80% or more cocoa. And so I buy this little chocolate chips that are fairly small and I just put two spoons of that, two spoonfuls of that and two spoonsful of um, cashews. And if it's not a sweet thing, if I'm not craving something sweet, what I'll do is um, either pepperoni or salami with a high fat content of cheese um, and a little bit of olives. Those are my two favorite snacks and healthy <laughs> a mini charcuterie board, kind of. <laughs> Say it again. Like a mini charcuterie board. Yeah, yeah. I like I like to um, do high fat and low carbs. It's just what works best for me throughout the day. And so I, you know, I specifically designed that to be a balanced snack that satisfies my cravings and makes me feel good and helps me focus and feel energized. I definitely am going to want you to elaborate on that more later because I was on a meal plan that was more high carb but lower fats and I could not, I could not pull it off. I was like, I can, mm-hmm. you can take my carbs away, but I need my fat. Like that is the, the one, um, I guess, macro that I just, my body just naturally wants more of, I think. And um, so, I, you know, I've adjusted my eating since then because I just – the nuts and fats just seem to like fill me up more, give me more energy. So that's super. It truly does. It truly does. We can talk about that more, but that's exactly what it is. You need the fats. You need the healthy fats for sure. And then what is your favorite item to splurge on? I'm not a big splurger, but I was thinking about this question before coming live. And the one thing I really like to splurge and not worry about is when I go on vacation like getting the house close to the beach and, you know, not worrying about having to cook every meal and just going out and buying a few things, you know, to eat out or prepare, you know, prepare meals ready to go kind of thing. Um, normally at home, I'll be cooking every meal, trying to make sure I eat the best I can. But when I go out on vacation, I splurge on, you know, where I go and what I eat a little bit more than I normally would in my daily life. And where's your favorite place to go? The beach. <laughs> the beach is my favorite place and the mountains are my second favorite. Um, but I love them both. Just nature overall is what fills my energy up, you know? I always like the beach. I like the mountains in the summer. <laughs> I'm not right. an old person. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a lot of mountains where we are. So we like to go on the fall and take the pups out and have them run around and get tired and have a good time. And then we can relax when come into the house because they're chill the kids are chill the pups are chill everybody's chill after nature (laughs) that's great so I'm gonna dive right into a little bit more about what you do and your career path so you just want to tell us how you kind of got into coaching and what your journey's been that'd be great 
Yeah. So um, I've been a personal trainer for about 20 years. Um, I became a personal trainer after coming to United States. My background was in hospitality management. So I worked in hotels for five years. I was a front desk person. I was a banquet person. I, you know, helped uh, arrange all the catering stuff. I worked as a waitress and all that stuff for five years. And then I realized that my passion was really helping out people when they were stuck with their wellness, with weight loss, with being strong, with eating right, with exercising and all that stuff. And it was a passion of mine all my life because I played sports all my life. And I also had to deal with issues with weight gain. And so I did my transition in around 2000. I got out of hospitality, which was right around 90, you know, the 9-11 um, tragedy. And so it was a perfect time to get out of hospitality because, you know, there was not much money to be made. Um, there was a big crisis in the tourism industry. And at that time, I transitioned into dance instructor and a personal trainer. I dance since the age of 15, all the social dances. So I teach all the curriculum for social dances in Latin style. You know, anything that you can dance with a partner, I can teach. And I did that for about 15 years. Um, I did it combined with personal training. So I would teach personal training in the morning and dance classes in the evening. I also taught, uh, taught um, yoga classes. And then um, I started coaching um, like life coaching through an organization that did personal tra um, personal transformation and growth. And I became a coach. I got trained as a coach, a life coach. And so I worked for this company for two years. And that's where the passion for coaching appeared. Um, although I was a fitness coach, I just felt like fitness and the goals that you accomplish in fit fitness is just a doorway to be able to accomplish other goals in life. And the most important thing is that we take care of ourselves, that we're balanced and empowered and joyful and alive. And so fitness is the entrance to be able to create anything that we want in life, um, ourselves being the big and most important project. Because if we don't have enough to take care of ourselves, we're not going to be able to provide anything of value to anybody else. And so that's the reason why I went into fitness and um, the coaching on wellness specifically, I feel like it's my biggest passion because I dealt with weight loss issues, weight gain issues throughout my life. And I found myself four times needing to lose weight. So I had to find ways to not only learn how to eat, also not, you know, um, gain the weight back up and to also nourish my body and exercise the right way so that I'm the most empowered I could be. And that's what I teach people. That's amazing. Um, one thing that really stood out to me is you're talking about how it's changing your whole life, life transformations, not just fitness. And I've talked to some different personal trainers recently because I'm trying to find one for myself. And the ones that stand out are the ones that incorporate that element of, you know, what sort of life do you want to manifest? How do you want to feel? Like, it's not just so cut and dry, eat this, eat that. It's more like getting, to, they get to know their client and really um, understand what they're trying to accomplish, not just in the gym, but in their life. So I think that's really amazing. Um, yeah, it's like. The way I see it is like aligning to your highest self. It's like bringing yourself back to um, align with your desires, with your dreams, finding out what they are, and like being daring to call that out, whatever it is that you wish. And, uh, you know, starting with taking care of yourself gives you that sense of confidence and caliber and peace of mind and, um, you know, allows you to go after your dreams, really. And I think it's interesting you came out of hospitality because my parents are both in the hotel industry. And so I know firsthand, A, how difficult it is, and B, um, there's a huge need for wellness in that industry too, just because there's hectic hours, you're around a lot of fancy food, alcohol, all of those things that can be detrimental to weight loss. So I think it's really neat that you've, lived through the hospitality industry and would understand those struggles if you had a client with them because it's a very it's not like working a nine to five in my opinion it's very um very hectic it demands a lot of you emotionally and physically so I think it's great that you've um kind of understand 
those sort of schedules and challenges. Mm -hmm. A hospitality manager, um, like the director of the hotel, is one of the industries and where the highest level of stress uh, occurs because they work 24-7 um, and they're always aware of an emergency happening. And so I realized that that was not going to be conducive for me to have, number one, abundance, number two, well-being, number three, a career that I will be proud and happy about. And that's why I transition into fitness, because even if I don't become a millionaire or anything like that, I am doing what I love, you know, and that's more important. Yeah. Absolutely. So getting into more about weight loss, what is a misconception a lot of women have about it that you've seen in your practice? Oh, yes, I can talk about this for a long extended period of time. But I think the most important thing that women have a misconception about is really weight on the scale. Like weight on the scale is totally, totally um, something that women get confused. Many times I talk to women and they tell me I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to lose 15 pounds. But if we were to be able to create a program that allows them to gain muscle mass and eat better, even if they were not to lose the 10 pounds, if they increase their muscle mass and shape their body with more muscle, more definition, and trimming the fat around their body, many times they'll find themselves being satisfied with the way they look. But I find a lot of people get really obsessed with the weight on the scale and losing 10 pounds. And what ends up happening many times is they don't accompany the weight loss with exercise. And so they lose the pounds, but they lost a lot of muscle. And what's left is a flabby body with no definition, with no muscle, that automatically would, uh, would not process food very well because when you have a lot of muscle, the metabolism increases. So when you eat food, the metabolism itself will work in a way that will help you process that food. It will help you create muscle mass and it will help you look and feel better. But when you get so stuck with losing weight on the scale, you're looking for two pounds loss, three pound loss. And many times you're not aware that if you do a fast, drastic weight loss program, what you're going to lose at the beginning first is water, um, you know, the water retention. First few pounds are water retention. And if you don't eat enough or you don't work out, the next things that you're going to lose is muscle in your body. And so if you were to start the nutritional plan, including exercise from the beginning, you might not experience so many pounds on the scale lost but you're going to experience at the end your body being much more defined in shape, tone, and having the physical structure that you wanted and that you like much more so than the exact weight on the scale. Absolutely. I think I'm the only person that's mad that she's lost weight in quarantine because I know I lost muscle because, you know, I've been walking, but I haven't been to the gym as much. So it's like, I'm talking to trainers like, please help me gain weight because I know that I shouldn't be so low on this scale. I finally have like flipped the mentality. And so I see it going down. I'm like, no, I'm losing muscle. Like make it stop. So I think that's so great you're talking about it because um, right now I'm definitely trying to gain that muscle back because it's so important. You can eat so much more. You can lift so much more your daily tasks become a lot easier I just moved so moving all my furniture I was like oh I wish I was just a little bit stronger um so kind of going off that what tips do you want to share with women that might be listening and going on their own fitness and weight loss journey so a couple of things uh when I help women lose weight the first thing that I do is go through a steps-by-step step, step process and where the first thing that they're going to do is decrease the intake of sugar. Why? Two reasons. Number one is highly addictive. And so the more sugar you eat, the more sugar you're going to have. Number two, it, it creates a physiological response that specifically in women has a very high impact because when you eat sugar or carbohydrates, that when you eat the carbohydrates has the same effect as sugar, they turn into sugar. And that's going to give your body the fuel for energy. But what happens is the moment you ingest the sugar or the carbohydrates, it triggers a response from the organism, the body, to pump insulin, which is an, a hormone. 
And so that hormone will go and deal with the sugar, trying to dissipate the impact that it has and have the sugar give you some energy. But within 20 to 30 minutes, that sugar is going to dissipate, it's going to disappear, and that insulin is going to be looking for more sugar. And so your body is going to trick you to believe that you want more carbohydrates or sugar. It would look for the next fix, the next feel good, I'm all happy kind of feeling, but it always has an impact and a disadvantage that you're going to end up crashing. So you're going to crave sugar more often. You're going to be addicted to the cycle and pattern. And what sugar does to the body is when you eat too much of it, that extra surplus uh, energy that you don't use because you possibly you're not going to do as much exercise to be able to burn that sugar out, it turns into fat. And so if you are able to decrease the amount of sugar and carbohydrates that you eat throughout the day, you're going to have a better focus throughout the day, better energy, better mood, uh, stable kind of mood, you know, no up and down irritability. And you're going to have a sense of well-being. You're going to be much more balanced, much more creative, much more in your uh, grounded, present, and calm feeling. And so I always tell people, you know, decrease the amount of sugar, increase the amount of water, uh, increase the amount of movement, even if it's not formal exercise. And then the last and most important is increasing the amount of healthy fat. And healthy fat means either avocados, olives, coconut, anything that is going to be a healthy source of fat. Because you start getting your body trained to use, instead of sugar, that healthy fat. And it's, although it takes a little bit longer to process and create the energy from the healthy fat, it's a more sustained, longer, stable, better uh, feeling that you have from that. And it helps you with your focus. It helps you with your peace of mind. It helps you with your levels of irritability. It helps you just keep sustained and grounded throughout the day. And it also eliminates the sense of cravings, being out of control and getting outside of the nutritional plan. So if at the end of, at the, end of the day, you feel like you're craving at 10 p.m. at night some sugar or whatever, the recommendation is increase your healthy fats and decrease your sugars throughout the day increase the amount of water, and add more movement to your day. Your body will adapt, and without getting into a nutritional plan, hopefully you will lose a few pounds on the scale, a few inches, and feel, feel less bloated. And then from there on, then you can start tightening the, pro the process. When you got a few pounds lost, you're going to be much more inspired. You're going to be much more proud. You're going to have a sense of confidence and caliber that you wouldn't have had if you were to jump into an intense, restricted, very um, hard nutritional plan that would leave you dissatisfied and craving stuff and feeling deprived and feeling in a bad mood most of the time. I think it's so important that whatever plan you're on, you don't feel deprived or you'll start this cycle of binging on things and then restricting and you never get out of it. So I really like how it's so much more flexible and you get to have foods that you love. I mean, everything you're listing, olives, coconut, those are all things I would love to have more of. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And you know what? It seems like um, XYZ could seem expensive, but if you start cutting on a lot of the stuff you buy that you really need, what happens is when you get your body to work kind of like a machine, it really becomes kind of like an oil machine and it starts functioning better. You feel like you have less cravings. You feel like you're experiencing less hunger. You feel more energized energize and better focus and so you're not going to be feeling like you have to snack all the time so having less of good quality stuff becomes easier instead of having of a lot of crunchy and uh, sugary you know snacks that make you feel like you have to constantly eat so you have to kind of change the way you process things what you buy and the discipline in order for your body to adapt but once it adapts, you're not craving sugar. And so it makes it easier and you're not hungry all the time and you're not trying to eat all the time. So it makes it easier. It makes your body work better. It's really interesting too. You brought up insulin and how your hormone, you actually end up with like a more level mood because I feel like that's something when a lot of people go on a, a diet of sorts, they become super moody and irritated because they're not getting 
enough nutrients and they're probably, I would assume their insulin's kind of bouncing up and down because they're not eating enough fats, like you mentioned. Yeah, there is two particular hormones that make the biggest struggle with us um, as women. And one is the insulin, which is triggered with uh, the sugar intake. The other one is the cortisol. Cortisol is something, a hormone that your body secretes when you are in uh, dangerous situations or stressful situations. And it's what the body pumps naturally when you are um, not really getting enough sleep. So when you're stressed out, the cortisol would be pumped naturally by your body. So if you can get your body to be in a state of calm, uh, then you're going to work towards accomplishing that weight loss goal much faster and with less effort. If you have a lot of cortisol, if you're stressing your body out with not eating enough, with not exercising, with not resting, with not drinking water and all that stuff, your body pumps cortisol as a natural response. And that is the biggest contraindication for weight loss because it will stall your weight loss. It will slow it down or completely stop it. And so you have to keep in mind that wellness is an integral, holistic thing. And when you take on weight loss, you can't just take weight loss. You have to take wellness on. Your body will adapt. Your body knows what you need. You have to just keep connecting with what your body is whispering in your ear that you need. But first, you have to condition your body to respond the right way, to ask for water, to ask for things that don't have sugar, and to move and drink, you know, clean water as much as you can. And then your body starts you know, adapting to that change. And then you can go from there into weight loss, but wellness is the overall thing. And a lot of people just forget and just think weight loss, weight loss, weight. No, it's wellness. And as you take care of yourself, you nourish yourself, you nourish your body, you nourish your spirit, then your body's gonna start letting go, shedding um, and letting go of the fat. I think that's particularly interesting for me because I was in grad school and working full time and trying to lose weight and it was like I was not sleeping enough so the cortisol just was like oh no you're not losing anything it didn't matter what I ate or how much I exercise you can't out exercise I think they always say you can't out exercise a bad diet I would say you can't out exercise cortisol and being stressed because that, you know, once I kind of was able to get into routine and relax and sleep regularly, for me, sleep is the biggest thing, um, then, you know, it was no problem. But um, I think cortisol is very underestimated, at least in the U.S. People don't, they don't, they want to try all the trendy diets. They don't want to look at the actual science and science says you need to be looking at your cortisol and it would make everyone's life so much easier if they just were able to embrace that fact. Um, it's interesting. I would love your take on some of these like intermittent fasting and other diets and like why they don't really work for most people. Well, intermittent fasting is actually something that um, I use and I think it works. But um, one thing I could say about it, um, it is a fad, it's something that became very fashionable. It kind of goes hand to hand with the ketogenic diet and or the low carb diet. So the benefit of uh, fasting is that you give your body a break. And so when your body is not working hard to produce all these secretions to process all the food that you're ingesting, what the body does is the body uses all that energy to heal itself. And so taking 12 hours of your day to be able to take a break from food allows for your body to use that energy and redirect it to heal the body, to heal the muscles. When you work out, you tear the muscles in a very slight manner. So it helps you do that, repair the body, make it function better and all that stuff. Where we end up having a problem is when we go for very long periods of fasting. And that has become a trend. And I was reading an article on fitness the other day that said, what happens with the long periods of fasting, especially for women, is that your body will start um, breaking down the muscle to be able to use that for 
you know, energy consumption. And if you don't have enough fat in your body, the muscle will be what the body is breaking down. So if you use it as a method to use that little bit of fat that you have extra in your body, your body will go to use that as source of energy when you're not eating. But if you're somebody who doesn't have a lot of fat extra in your body, what your body would do is start dissipating and breaking down the muscles. So I would say overall, 12 hours of fasting is great. If you can go a little bit longer, just make sure you have fat in your body, that you're exercising regularly and use it as a method to you know, kind of break down that addiction to food that we have. We tend to get programmed that we have to eat every four hours or three hours or two hours, however many hours. But if you start eating the right thing and you have a high content of healthy fat, you might find that you're not hungry every four hours. And so you can skip a meal. And as long as you're eating the good, healthy, wholesome foods, prepare at home with high fat content, the high fat will help you naturally align and deal with the hormones that are out of whack. One of the things that healthy fat naturally does, it helps you stabilize the insulin. It helps you stabilize the cortisol. And so it's a hidden gem or secret that most people don't know. And I would think it's one of the most important things to focus on, that it'll naturally will align and help you um, get all the hormones in place. And so that's one thing to, to consider. And so what's, what sort of healthy fats? You mentioned a few at the beginning. Um, are there any others that we should all be buying when we're at the store? Well, I worked um, with clients for more than 20 years now. I've seen everything under the sun for diets, and I tend to discourage people for, from doing anything that is a fashion and or uh, that they see in a magazine without doing more research. Right now, what I use for weight loss with women and what I encourage them to investigate and try is number one, the most important thing is a low carb diet. And people that don't have any pre-existing conditions, heart issues with health and or very sensitive to anything that could, you know, get them to not be able to do the ketogenic diet, um, then to try the ketogenic diet. You know, the ketogenic diet is high fat, is low carb, and keeping the, the um, carbohydrate intake specifically under 20 to 50 grams of carbohydrates a day is not the easiest, is not for everybody, and is highly... Uh, it's highly discouraged that women that never went to the doctor just jump into that diet. But if you talk to your doctor and your doctor thinks it's good, uh, then you can try the ketogenic diet. It's possibly the most effective kind of nutritional plan that's out there for weight loss. And what it does the most is eliminates the fat that you have in your body. It kind of you know shapes the body to eliminate that layer of fat. And also, you're going to see weight on the scale being dropped. But my experience in the last year, I lost 44 pounds. And uh, it's the fourth time I lost weight in my life. And the ketogenic diet just made it so easy. Why? Because I didn't experience cravings. Because I didn't feel like I was deprived or torturing myself. I kind of forgot sometimes to eat. And the fact that I was working out on a regular basis allowed me to keep my muscle mass. So underneath the 44 pounds that I lost, there was muscle, there was shape, there was tone. Um, and the body looked the way that I wanted to look versus looking flabby or not defined or not toned and everything else that happens when people lose a lot of weight in a sudden manner. So low carb would be the number one option I would give women. And for the people that are healthy and the doctor totally agrees and is on board with that, just move on to the ketogenic diet, which is kind of like a step higher or a little more uh, restrictive, but it also gives you more results. I love that you mentioned talking to your doctor. I think so many people just hop into these things without thinking about the conditions they do have or if they haven't been to the doctor in a long time. I feel like a lot of people in the US skip that yearly visit because they're like, oh, I'm okay. I don't need to go. It is really important to just get things checked out. I mean, last the last time that I went and was like, I got my blood test done. And 
realized that, you know, I was not getting enough iron. And so before I start working with a personal trainer, it's super important. I start eating more iron so I'm not dizzy and tired and thinking that, you know, working out was the problem. It's really, I wasn't getting enough nutrients. So I think it's, it's a really nice um, baseline. If you can go to the doctor, even if you're going to hear something you don't want to (laughs) hear, If you can just go initially, get your blood work done, figure out where you're at. Once you change something in your diet, you're going to be able to see clearly if it's actually working for you, if it's going to be sustainable. And also, you know, your doctor can warn you of maybe something to look out for for your particular body. So I love that you kind of mentioned going to the doctor because I think so many people avoid it, um, but it really can provide a nice baseline. Yeah, um, you know, I know a lot of people that start working out without checking with a doctor. And if you had a machine covered with a piece of fabric inside a room that was dark and has been there for many years and hasn't moved, when you open that door, what there's going to be there is a piece of fabric covering a machine full of dust. And most likely when you turn it on, it's going to kind of burn that you know, dust and not function so well many times. So you have to check with your doctor to make sure that you can put your body under a level of stress, that the stress, you know, is going to be the exercise. And also, yeah, changing the nutritional plan, as I said, is a transition that is gradual and eliminating sugar can have an impact right away. And it's going to be an adaptation process. So you want to make sure that you are totally apt and you're not going to have any negative responses from that, uh, specifically people with pre-existing conditions, diabetes, or anything else, they should not mess around. They should always check with the doctor first. Make sure you're clear, and then you start easy, and then you move on to more intense uh, you know, protocols. But at the beginning, you got to start slow. It's important. I think that's super crucial is- so many people look at it like I need to lose 20 pounds for the wedding I'm going to in a week. And it's like, is that what you want? Or do you want to feel good when you're 40 and 50 and 60? Like what is more important to you? I, I had, I was talking to a trainer and she's like, do you have an event that you're trying to get ready for? Like, or is this just for your health? I'm like, this is for health. This is because I want to be able to lift things and get around and travel when I'm older. So I love that you talk about looking at it and taking it more gradually and really thinking about that long-term goal, not just what you want to look like next week. Yeah. One of the things that I let women know is that we have to manage the body as a whole and emotions play a big part. We didn't gain the 20 pounds, the 10 pounds, the five pounds overnight, but we wanted loss as of yesterday, right? So managing those emotions that had you not take care of you for such a long period of time and now goes to beat yourself up and put yourself in a very strict diet that's going to make you miserable. And most likely, whatever you lose, you're going to gain back up. It's never a good transaction to make with your body. It's going to have a toll on you. Your body's going to feel out of whack. You're going to feel like you lose uh, a lot of things like, you know, the level of focus, the levels of reachability just can completely um, get out of whack. So eating right, exercising, drinking water, kind of bringing your body back to that balance is what I teach women. Uh, The concept of my business is wellness yoga. So the guru is within. You know what your body needs. You just have to eliminate a lot of the noise and the repetitive patterns that take you to be addicted to food, addicted to sugar, addicted to drinks, and kind of gain control of those emotions that would take over if you leave them um, you know, without any kind of... Um, technique. And so I use meditation. I use mindfulness. I use movement. I use all those techniques as a way to manage the emotions that have people eat because it's as important to manage the emotions as it is to have a good nutritional plan. Absolutely. Yeah. The emotional concept I think gets overlooked, especially I think in the U S it's so, um, we're such a high fast paced culture we kind of forget to look internally and um, maybe look at the why are we snacking all the time or are we stress eating and 
um, kind of manage that better. So um, you are a business owner. I was wondering what you've learned um, either from your clients or owning your business. What are some things that you've learned that you would like to share? So I cannot share a lot of the things that I think are important, um, but the biggest thing I could leave people with is to think of your body as a wholesome, integral, holistic thing that you start nourishing. And so you need some quote unquote food for the soul, right? You need some meditation. You need some quiet time. You need some journaling or, you know, becoming aware with introspection on what are the emotions that have you be out of control. Then you have to look at everything else that you've done in the past that leave you with a sense of frustration and or not being victorious with weight loss and leave all that aside. Look at what was missing the last time that you can put in place this particular time and then move forward visualizing what would my life look like if I were to lose the 20 pounds? What would the experience of life be? What would be available? What would I be able to wear? And start manifesting that weight loss from the future. Imagining how you would look like. Imagining what would be available for you. Imagine and visualizing what would the experience of life be? Instead of beating yourself up, instead of like being so hard on yourself and not appreciate your, appreciating yourself. I always tell people, nourish your soul, nourish your body, calm yourself down, use mindfulness, become attuned with what your body needs and start honoring what you hear as a little chatter behind your ear. You hear it before you eat cake, don't need that, or that's not going to make you feel good. And you know it from previous experiences. What there is to do is to manage the emotion that triggers that need to eat. And so mindfulness plays a big role, and that's where we start, because that will get you in the right path. If you start with everything else, you're going to get overwhelmed, you're going to get deprived and frustrated, and then you're going to end up giving up. And that's not going to be a long-term benefit for you. So starting the other way, start easy, take care of yourself, take care of your emotions, use techniques of mindfulness, and add movement, water, and a nutritional plan. And then everything will start kind of rounding up, gearing up, work with synergy. And then you can start adding a, a different level of demand and tighten the program up instead of starting so intense. So little by little, gradual changes will get you to yield that long-term result. I love that. I think those gradual changes are so underrated, but that's really how you get to the end without burning out. So it's Mm -hmm. more of a marathon than a sprint. So, um, so I just want to talk a little bit more about you. Um, so you used to live in Argentina and have moved around. So I was just wondering what that was like and what different challenges you may have faced living in different areas of the world. And just tell us a little bit more about you and, um, where you've been, because I know you have lots of stories you could probably share. Yeah, so I was born in Argentina, um, and at this point, I spent half of my life in the United States. I came here when I graduated from um, my hospitality degree. Uh, Before coming here, I went to Europe. I am an Italian citizen because my dad is Italian, so I got to work in France in one of the remaining 16 palaces in Paris, and so I had a great opportunity to be in the most luxurious kind of hotels where service is just impeccable and that experience gave me a sense of what people need how to take care of people how to be customer service oriented and to not feel that in any way that takes away anything from you if you're there just to serve people people are going to understand the value on what you offer and so that carried uh through in my life as a being somebody who is extremely customer focused that caters all the programs to what the person needs and keenly attends to what the person is needing at that particular point i'm very diverse i speak four languages i learned spanish as a little girl i learned italian growing up because my dad is italian then i studied hospitality i learned french I worked in France, and lastly, I've been learning English since the age of four. So when I came to United States, I worked in hospitality for a few years, but then a whole world of possibilities opened up in being able to own my business and being able to make a bigger difference 
in the world, having a bigger impact, making a difference with women. And that is where my biggest vision, passion, and purpose lays. I feel like when we make a difference with women, we're making a difference with humanity. Because we, as women, tend to be caretakers. We are multitasking. We go above and beyond to make a difference. We are very compassionate. And we tend to leave ourselves aside to take care of our kids, of our family, of our job, of everything else we get committed to. So us uh, working together would allow you to be a better you. It would allow you to be a person that has enough left in the well there's enough water running in the well after you give some away to somebody else and a lot of people are running low on the energy to share and there's nothing to give if you're not taking care of yourself so for me in the process of my life i learned that the most important thing and end up you know we end up falling in that pitfall is not taking care of ourselves and self-care is not selfish self-care is required for you to be a better person to be able to make a difference with anybody else and so focusing on that um, mindset will leave you much more empowered i love working with women of all kinds of backgrounds cultural has culture has a big impact on the way we do things on how we eat when we eat what we eat and how we have the food be linked with celebration or not. And so cultures where, uh, you know, celebration is highly linked with food will have a, another set of challenges to deal with, with losing weight. And I just love getting in there and looking in detail and breaking things apart and mirroring to women what is missing that if it were to be present in their life, it would leave them satisfied. It would inspire them. It would get them in action and it would make the biggest difference in their life. I really like what you said about the focusing on the mindset because I feel like even though I I um, don't have a like my own kids or anything like that, there's still, it's so hard to say no to people because you feel like I have to take care of them or be there for them. And then we're almost like ingrained growing up that it's like not okay. And so it's when you start focusing on a health journey, it's like you may not be able to go to every event. You may have to, you may need some more sleep or whatever it is. It's so important to ha have it in your head that it's okay to take care of myself first and not be so focused on other people because you know, I'm not, you know, I'm sure for moms, it's even more, you have even more pressure, but um, I just feel like women in general, it's so difficult to kind of unlearn that belief and really put yourself first or give the first hour of your day to yourself or however you need to show up for yourself. Um, I really like that you're focused on that mindset part because I think it gets skipped a lot. Yeah, and it's the exact difference between being drained and being empowered. If you're giving your energy out to other people when you don't have anything left, you're going to be left drained. If you give your energy that you have a surplus or excess energy and you've been taking care of yourself, you're eating right, you drink your water, you exercise, you do your meditation, you're going to be so joyful, so happy, so balanced, so energized that you have enough to share without having uh, you know, the sensation of lack or just being drained. And so for women, it is important that we focus on taking care of ourselves first. I always say we have to invert that triangle where everybody's more important than us and we are at the bottom to be us the most important thing. And then everybody else will get a better me as a result. My kid will get a better me, my husband, my employer, or my clients, or the world, my religious organization, whatever it is that you want to impact in your life will have more impact if you take care of you first. Absolutely. And you also mentioned um, kind of dealing with cultures and how culture is often linked with food. And in some ways that's great because, you know, when you go to a new country, it kind of like a talking point, you learn about the food, you end up learning maybe the history and culture. But and a lot of um, around the holidays, it can often leave people with a lot of pressure that they have to eat. You know, um, my grandparents are from the South, so they like to bake and cook and, you know, you're expected to have a slice of pie or you're being rude. So what are some ways that people can kind of navigate that with the holidays coming up? 
Um, so a couple of things. Number one is keep your routine of self-care. That's the biggest one. Because if you were to eat a piece of pie today, it will not be the end of the world. But if you continue doing that every day, it's not going to be conducive to your weight loss. So you plan it ahead. Keep your routine. Maybe you get more exercise a few days before. You drink plenty of water before you go. Make sure you are hydrated. And just have the one thing that you really want to enjoy. If it is one meal that you have, you know, that you really enjoy and it's not part of your nutritional plan, have that meal, enjoy it, savor it, totally allow yourself to, you know, 100% enjoy that meal, but then go back to your nutritional plan and plan it ahead. Do not go to that meal hungry. Do not go to that meal without hydration. Do not go to that meal having not worked out in the last week and a half. Go to that meal thinking, okay, I've done everything to take care of myself. I'm going to enjoy that meal and I'm going to bring myself back to the plan. I always tell women, there's 80% of the, res the results that are going to happen from you saying, I will commit. I will 100% commit to bring myself back to the plan every single time I get off the plan. You know, whether you ate something wrong or you ate too much of XYZ or you didn't work out today or now, the next meal and tomorrow, you're going to put everything back in place. Don't allow yourself to slide. And so one little thing that you eat or one meal you get out, then you just bring yourself back to the plan. Maybe take 12 hours of not eating and drink more water. Do the, you know, the break for your body to process that. And then when you start eating again, bring yourself back to the plan. Because a lot of us use that as a way out and start cheating and allow ourselves to fall out of the plan 100%. Before we know it, everything is out of the window. If you commit to bring yourself back to the plan and you plan it ahead and you do everything for self-care first, you totally can do one time a week. Especially if you're close to your goal, you're going to have to learn how to manage eating outside of the nutritional plan. So if you can just eat it one time and bring yourself back, then you're going to be better off than depriving yourself, craving that stuff because a moment of weakness, that's the first thing you're going to go grab. Uh, yeah, that's really helpful. I think going back to your plan and not beating yourself up because you fell off, because if you continue to kind of emotionally beat yourself up, then you're not going to want to hop back on. But if you just look at it as a fun meal and then get back on track, you know, you haven't lost all that hard work. So um, one more question for you. How has your work shifted during 2020 and um, has any, have anything kind of changed with your clients or their struggles or just anything you want to share about this year? We could have a whole other podcast on how things changed in 2020, right? Um, so at the beginning of the year, I was working as a customer fulfillment manager for a company and I had a very good salary and I was happy with my work. I had three employees that worked for me. And when the COVID um, issue appeared, I was let go of my position. And so I found myself at home with plenty of time and all my dreams and my desires and my passion and my experience and what I'm meant to be doing. And I was pulled to do a lot of online workshops and stuff. And I just realized that it's time for me to do what I'm passionate about again and do it for myself in the sense of, you know, you go work for a company and make a difference with them, but it's going to be always up to them when you work, what you do, how much you charge, how much you make, when you have to work and all that stuff. And I'm committed to be empowered. I'm committed to be free. I'm committed to be unstoppable. And so when you work for yourself, you are on your own terms. The concept of my business is around helping women become unstoppable with weight loss. And it used to be unstoppable weight loss for women. Now I change it to weight loss for unstoppable women. Why? It's because it takes being unstoppable, right? It's take, it takes uh, every single thing that you encounter that is not to your benefit. You have to turn it around. You have to let it go. You have to transform it. You have to just move on to create something that makes you unstoppable. The only thing you can impact is the way you are. And so in this year, I just transitioned into owning my business. I started promoting myself. I started making a lot of information available for free as a way to empower. And I found that there's a million people out there that are needing my services. They're needing it. Why? Because in the pandemic, instead of 
working out and eating right. They've been sitting in a home, watching TV, eating snacks, overeating, eating the wrong stuff, feeling emotionally overwhelmed. And so covering that up and masking that up with food and with excess of every kind, along with not enough exercise. So I find that a lot of women are needing my help. A lot of women are lost on how to do it, don't have the motivation, or they're ready and just they don't know where to start. And so that's what I do. I love working with women that are ready. I love working with women that don't know what to do and just bring them uh, approach the step-by-step approach and where they can gain control, they can find motivation, they can know what to do. And over a period of time, they can calm themselves down to understand that it's going to take some time. And that time needs to be joyous and rewarding and nourishing yourself coming from a place of love and appreciation because that's the best kind of approach for weight loss and the result will be you will be so satisfied and such caliber you're going to have and sense of confidence when we accomplish that together that is going to be a new life and so that's what i propose for people you know take on that which is overwhelming at this time seek the help Seek the community that's going to help you out. Look for extra support if you need a coach or a group of people that are doing the same and just get yourself motivated little by little by doing the little things that will get you one result. When you lost the first pound, you'll be more inspired. Then you can start tweaking the program, make it more intense and more um, you know, restrictive. But at this point, the most important thing is know what to do. Start step by step. Seek support. Be nice with yourself and take the time you need. That's wonderful. And where can people find you if they're looking for a coach? So my group, uh, the weight loss group that I have is Weight Loss for Unstoppable Women. And it's a group uh, where I offer training every single week, Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I offer a 15 to 30 minute training. And in the month of November, I'm going to offer a five days training that is weight loss for unstoppable women and it will be an hour a day of the tricks the tips how to do to get motivated what to do how to exercise what to prevent and how to stay on top of what you need in order to lose weight and be unstoppable okay that's amazing thank you so much for coming and chatting with us today on nine zeros thank you so much it's been a pleasure to be here i appreciate the invitation Thanks for tuning in to the Nine Zeros podcast, where we're taking your fitness empire from broke to billions. Tune in next Wednesday for more and follow us at Nine Zeros Podcast on Instagram.